So the title for the lesson today from Psalm 125 is How to Be Unshakable. How to Be Unshakable. Now the answer is in the psalm. Uh, the, uh, no plot spoiler really here. But the way to be unshakable is to trust in the Lord. It's as simple as that, or perhaps it's also as complex or as deep as that. How do we be unshakable, we, who cannot be shaken, endure forever? We trust in the Lord. So today what we're doing is we're unpacking how to be unshakable, as in what does it really mean to trust the Lord? What does it mean to trust him? How do we trust him? Why should we trust him? A mixture of how and why as we go through this today. But before I get into the what a, the main thing I'd like to share, I have a little competition for us this morning. Uh, there is a prize for one adult and there's a prize for one child. And what I need in the chat box, so get your fingers ready to be typing in there, I would like phrases that are sort of well-known phrases or titles or names, <coughs> excuse me, connected with the word shake. They have the word shake in them or shaken or shaking or shook. Any any part of that word shake or shaken, phrases, titles, names, handshakes is Jude. Okay, there's a shake. Shaken, not stirred. Yes, like yourself, uh, um, of course. Uh, Asagi, uh, you, you know, you, Leon, you got beaten to it by uh, by Asagi there. I'm all shook up. Oh, I like that. Yeah, that song. Shaking or stirred again. Shakespeare. Oh, that, that's really erudite, Tunde. I hadn't thought of that one. Shakespeare. Shaking Stevens. So, some of us of a certain age will remember the pop star Shaking Stevens. Uh, Shaketastic. Shake, rattle, and roll. Yeah, Bill, that fits for you, I think, doesn't it? Very good. Another one from Jude. I just want to shake. Bronwyn, shake your booty. Uh, I think we should perhaps see that later on screen. Um, what do you think? Shakira, I might be stretching it slightly. Shake and vac. <laughs> There's someone who's been watching too many adverts. Uh, thank you, Chantil. Uh, Milkshake, yeah, okay, I wouldn't mind one of those. Shake a cake restaurant. No, well, that's one Liesl you have to take us to, because I haven't heard of that. Soggy again, shake it off, yeah, shake it Oh, Evia, yeah, thanks, Evia, yeah, shake it off, that song. Who's it by? Remind me, I can't remember. Is it Swift, is it? Anyway, hmm. Uh, Simon, two shakes of a lion's tail, two shakes of a pony's tail, two shakes of a, yeah, all right. Uh, Simon, oh, from Pat, Patricia, Danny, you loved shaking Stevens. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll pray for you. Okay. Um, shake it off, milkshake, shake, shake down. Okay. Yeah, it is Taylor Swift. Okay. I was right. See, I am down with the, um, down with the kids, you see. Um, oh, it was Mariah Carey. Oh, perhaps did they both record it? Oh dear. Right. Getting confusing here. Uh, there's a lot, isn't there? Now I need to pick. Shake, rattle, and roll. I need to pick a pick. Pick the best one here. Hmm. Okay. What's the best one here? The most creative. What's the most creative? I think I'm going to have to give the child prize to uh, Evie because she's the only child that's put something in. I think. Bone shaker, Leon. Yeah. Okay. Uh, as for, so, Evie, you get a prize. So the prize for you, Evie, is your parents will tell me 
a book you'd like and I'll get you a book and send it to you via Amazon so that you get it in the post all right so mom and dad tell me a book EVA tell them a book you'd like I'll get it for you and um, we'll send it to you what was that I heard someone say something thank you you're welcome Eva you're very welcome shake a leg Bill that's it okay for the adult prize who do I go for here what do you think everybody who's got the best response looking at the chat box it's got to be Shakespeare it's got to be what sorry it's got to be Shakespeare Shakespeare <laughs> okay I'll tell you what it's the least connected with what I actually asked but it's the most tangentially creative all right so in that case uh, Tunde you get the prize and you're gonna get this book which I shall also I should put out through your letterbox since I know where you live all right so you get the book that book EVA gets a book that you'll tell me what you want and I'll get that to you and uh, and we're all shook up ready for a sermon uh, I hope okay so now let's get into Psalm 125 okay they're all shook up they are or they are in danger of being shaken or they wouldn't we wouldn't have this at the beginning of the of the psalm here about being grateful they're not shaken because otherwise you know obviously they're in danger of it they're in fear of it so tell me as you look through Psalm 125 a bit more in the chat box here what are their problems what are some of the things besetting them causing them to be needing this reassurance that if they trust in the Lord they won't be shaken what do you see in here what are some of the implied or stated challenges that they have going on in their lives what would you say what are some of the what are some of the uh, challenges what do you think some of their challenges going on what's in going on in their world that's meaning they need this reassurance reminder that that they don't need to be shaken if they trust in the Lord Bill yeah there's wickedness going on dawn wicked people are involved yeah they have opposition Danny that's true there's a wicked ruler or rulers uh, around yes Stefan dawn crooked ways are um are around them tempting them perhaps thank you dawn crooked ways dawn are you a teacher can you spell um oh no you're a science teacher i forget okay that's all right then uh danny perhaps temptation yeah temptations and and it's a temptation to do wrong we see that don't we and um they're worried about the, the fact they're surrounded and they might their hands might do evil exactly anything else no that's all right I'll move on they have a number of problems don't they at least some of the problems they have is that they're concerned about being mixed in with those who are wicked however we define that uh, so they're mixed in with those people they're in danger perhaps of participating in unrighteous behaviors behaviors they don't want to or know that are not healthy for them and their relationship with God uh, they are perhaps in a situation where bad character, uh, bad company corrupts good character. I'd sense, I sense that they're afraid that they may not be able to stand the test of being mixed in with those who are not righteous. They won't make it, won't make it through this trial. And also, I think they're afraid or that they're anxious that this trial won't end. It will go on beyond what they can handle and so they're feeling shaken 
I've never been in a physical earthquake. I shudder to think what that would be like. Have any of us actually experienced a real earthquake? I don't know. I expect Barry has, because Barry, you seem to have traveled more around the world than anybody I know. So I expect you probably have. I don't, I don't know. But has anybody ever? Annetta, you, you experienced an earthquake. And Stefan, okay. My goodness, a real earthquake. I can't imagine that. When you were 10, Annetta. Okay. Wow. I remember taking the kids to the Science Museum in central London many, many years ago when they were quite small. And they had a room set up to shake like an earthquake and so you walked in and you stood there along with a number of other people and it and then it would shake in the same way that an earthquake did it was really disconcerting uh, a very very scary uh, um, chesham had an earthquake did it leon not sure it registered particularly but okay fair enough and in namibia stefan woke up at night with all the portraits getting rattled against the wall all the pictures there it's not a pleasant feeling to be in an earthquake or to be shaken. They are in danger of being shaken, and so are we in life many times. But I would say especially now, perhaps, especially now we're in danger of being shaken, and perhaps you feel it. And I think when he's talking about the wicked here, the scepter of the wicked will not remain, he's not just talking about individuals. I think he's also talking about wickedness as a category. Wickedness can be a category, not just a person. And it represents all that is corrupted, all that is damaged, all that is not as it was designed to be by God. The consequences of what happened in Eden, that falling from God's perfect, beautiful design. All the things that were meant to be just love and beauty and majesty have been damaged by that. And this is the world we live in this is the wicked world not necessarily meaning that someone's out to get us but it's just we're in a damaged place and damaged things things happen that are are very difficult to deal with and so we have challenges in our lives we have a lot of things being shaken right now around us the economy is being shaken for sure uh, the capacity of the nhs and carers is being shaken our confidence in some ways, perhaps is being shaken. Our confidence in, in structures and uh, of society and the way things have always worked. Um, some people, uh, their family life has been really shaken up by homeschooling and sometimes by major conflicts. You know, a, a number of people being in a household together in a small place for a long period of time has led to quite a lot of problems for some people. And it's been a blessing in other ways, but nonetheless, we have been very shaken. What is the solution? What do we do when we and the things around us are shaken? What the psalmist says is we can trust in the Lord. We can trust in him. So what does that mean? And what should we do? Three short points for us today, all beginning with P. I don't often rhyme my points these days or whatever, but it just seemed to me there are three P things that we can do here. The first is prayer. I'm going to work backwards through the sermon, which might seem a bit strange, but when we, we go work backwards, because when we get back to verse one, then we'll be reminded of what this is really all about. So first thing is prayer. One of the ways that we trust in God, or one of the reasons we trust in God, is that he answers prayer. 
in verse 4 and verse 5, the psalmist turns from talking about God to addressing God. In verse 4, he says, Lord, Lord, do good to those who are good, to those who are upright in heart. So he's now talking to God, not just about the situation. And then he reminds himself about how God works. Verse 5, those who turn to crooked ways, the Lord will banish with the evildoers. He will do this. It's like he's anticipated an answer to prayer. He knows that God answers prayer. Let's think for a minute. Again, chat box time. Um, answered prayers in the Bible. Which ones stand out to you? Old Testament, New Testament, people who prayed, men or women who prayed and saw their prayers answered. What can you think of? What comes to mind? When you think about Old Testament, New Testament, prophets, kings, uh, apostles, Jesus, uh, other people. What, let's just uh, take a moment to think about answered prayers in the scriptures. Samuel's mother, right? Hannah, right? Yes, that's right, Annetta. She got her prayer answered. Hannah's prayer. Thanks, listening, God. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting that that one comes to mind for both of you instantly. It's powerful, that passage. Um, given a son, that's right. Other answered prayers? Old Testament. New Testament, Moses, yeah. Moses, a number of times actually had his prayers answered. David continuing to pray, yeah. Okay, Joshua, the sun stands still. Thanks, Simon. Uh, David continues to pray from Bethany, Dawn. Yeah, good, good, good. Joshua, again, sun not to go down. It does stand out, that one, doesn't it? That's such a remarkable prayer and a remarkable answer. Daniel. Daniel uh, praying three times a day um, and then being thrown in the lion den and being vindicated. Solomon praying for wisdom and what wisdom he had. Jesus praying over Jerusalem. Mm. Abraham praying, yeah, for a son and, and, and getting a son. Hannah, Hannah, Leah, that's right, Hannah. Um, that's right, Leah. Hannah asking for a son, and indeed she did get a son after much barrenness. Hezekiah, who prayed for his life to be extended. That's right. He got 15 extra years, Stefan. That's right. That was an answer prayer, and a prayer that God had said, no, you're going to die. Uh, Hezekiah prayed without any guarantee there was going to be any response, and yet God did give him another 15 years. Uh, Lazarus's family, yeah, okay. Joel's prophecy became true in Peter's first sermon. Okay, yeah, that's prophecy prayer, but yes, I, I, there's a connection with what happened a long time later, Daniel in the lion's den, EVA. Yeah, yeah. Can you imagine how scary that was? I'll bet I would have been praying in that lion's den. Moses praying for deliverance. Simon, yep. Yep. Very good. Noah and the flood cleansing Beth Bethany. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Answer prayers. They did uh they did survive against against what you might expect. Okay, I tell you what, I'm gonna have to move on. Gosh, time's flying by. Hey, these are good, aren't they? I mean, here's a suggestion. Because sometimes I think we forget that God answers prayer, uh, I like to suggest that one exercise, one spiritual exercise you might like to do this week is to take one outstanding answer prayer in the Bible. Take one. For some of us, it looks like it's going to be Hannah's prayer. Take one. Examine it. Have a Bible study of your own and ask yourself, what do, am I meant to learn? Two, two questions. What am I meant to learn from this? As in, what am I meant to understand from this uh, answer prayer? And secondly, what inspiration can I take? So what do I learn? What do I understand about it, firstly? And secondly, 
what's the inspiration for me in my life? Not all prayers were answered, bear in mind. Not all prayers were answered, or not all prayers were answered in the time frame that the praying person was hoping for, or not in the way the praying person was hoping for. So we're not saying that every prayer is instantly answered. So, but take any answer prayer in the Bible and ask yourself those two questions. What am I meant to learn about prayer from this or answer prayer from this? And secondly, what is the inspiration from this for my life? I think that'd be a useful spiritual thing, spiritual discipline thing for us to do this week. It helps us to trust in God, to remember that he does answer prayer in the scriptures and also in our own lives. I was listening to a YouTube recording by Simon Dinning. Some of you know Simon, and he does He's been doing daily um, podcast devotionals on, on YouTube uh, based on the uh, book of Isaiah. And I listened to one from, I think it was Isaiah 63, where Isaiah is reminding the Israelites about how God has been with them and they need to recall what God has done for them. There's a lot of that in the book of Deuteronomy as well. And Peter says, I, you know, we need to remember what God has done. And it made me think about answer prayers. And the classic one I always go back to is that in 1984, which is a long time ago, but in 1984, I was someone with Christian faith but felt like something significant was missing. And I was about to move to London to get a job. And I was down in Kent and I went out with some friends of mine on a sort of a hillside. And I, I just was out there and I was praying and I prayed, God, when I moved to London, please, I need to meet some men of faith who can show me what it really means to live a life of faith something's missing. I don't know exactly what it is, but I know something's missing. And please, God, lead me to some people who can show me what a faith-filled life really looks like. And I moved into a flat with some other chaps who went to church. I went with them, and I went to what was then the Central London Church of Christ, of which we're all kind of connected by history in some way or other in Watford. And, um, and then I did meet those men of faith. I did learn really what it meant to repent, what it really meant to be a disciple of Jesus, what it really meant for the significance of being baptized into Christ. These were things that I had read in the scriptures but didn't understand. God answered that prayer. I'm pretty sure that all of us on this call can remember times when we've, we've prayed and God has answered. Not always in, a, in the time we want, not always in the way we expect, but God does answer prayer. And that's what the psalmist is sure of here. It's a personal prayer. He's talking to God. Lord, do good to those. It's honest. It's personal. He's asking God to honor his own promises in verse 4 and to sort out the mess in verse 5. Note, he doesn't pray against the wicked. He leaves it in God's hands. He prays to the Lord, asking him to do what he can do. He leaves things in God's hands. We know that God hears our prayers. The Spirit intercedes for us, Romans 8, 26 and 27. He, uh, he, the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. We know that Jesus intercedes for us, Romans 8, 34. Christ Jesus, who died, more than that who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. So why do we trust in God? We trust in God, even when things are being shaken around us, because he answers prayer sooner or later. And he will either get you out of the situation that is shaking around you, or he'll get you through it. Even if you don't think you can, he will. So that's the first P, prayer. 
we trust God because he answers prayer. Secondly, we trust in God because they're passing. Our second P is passing. These trials are temporary. In verse 3 of our psalm, the scepter of the wicked will not remain. That's the key word, remain, over the land allotted to the righteous. They won't remain. The psalmist knows that those causing the problems for him and his people are not going to last. It's all temporary. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 17. Our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. Look, you and I know a lot of times um, our trials don't feel temporary and they don't feel like they're light and momentary. But in the grand scheme of things, we will look back one day and see that that's what they were. And we need to trust God for that. We can handle these trials only with God, though, not without him. I like what Eugene Peterson has to say about this uh, concept here from the book, um, which is uh, about the Psalms of Ascent. He says this, nothing counter to God's justice has any eternity in it. So none of the things that are shaking us or shaking around us have any eternity to them. That's why we know we don't have to be overly concerned because it is temporary. He says, it's as if all evil has a sell-by date. We may not see the date, only God does, but it is there. So by way of illustration, it's a bit like I have here a pack of uncooked spaghetti. Gluten-free, of course, for me. I have this pack of uh, spaghetti, and if I'm looking just at the front, so I will show you on the video the front. There you go. You can see the front. Um, there's no sell-by date on there. There's no use-by date, sell-by date, best-before date, or anything like that. But I, I'm only showing you the front. You can't see the back. But if I turn it up the right way, I can tell you that on the back, the date it has here, best before end of September 2022. So we need to eat this by September 2022, two, two and a bit years from now. So there we go. You can't see that, cell, that, that uh, best before date. I can. It's a bit like that with us and God. We see only the troubled side of things, but God sees when it's going to end. He knows it will end. We know it'll end if we think about it, because everything in this world is temporary and everything in life is temporary. But he can see the best before or the most evil before date end. Anyway, he knows when it's going to end. He sees it. And so we can trust him because this is true, that evil has its day, but it will end. And that's a wonderful thing to think about. And in the meantime, we know that Jesus understands what we're going through. Hebrews chapter 4, verses 15 and 16. We do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are. Yet he did not sin. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence, going back to prayer really, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. So why do we trust in God? We trust in God because our trials are temporary and they have they have a purpose. They make us more Christ-like. Third P, finally. Prayer, um, what did I say? Prayer, passing, and presence. The third P is presence. We trust in God because of his permanent and powerful presence. 
That's why we trust in God. At the beginning of the psalm, he says, in verse 2 actually, the, the mountains, as the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people both now and evermore. As the mountains surround Jerusalem, now as you probably know, Mount, uh, Jerusalem is, um, is, is a mountain. It's on a, you know, the city is on a hill. And it's surrounded by valleys, and you have the Jerusalem on the hill, you have the valleys, and then you have more mountains coming up the, the other side of the valleys. And what that means is, because those, valley, those mountains are a little higher, actually, than Jerusalem, it, or about the same level, roughly. But it means that Jerusalem is like it's in a saucer of hills. You've got this mountain of Jerusalem, the valleys around, and then the, the mountains around that. So Jerusalem's in this in this bowl, almost like a saucer. It's surrounded by the other mountains. And he says, that's what, that's what it's like when the Lord surrounds his people. I love this image. The Lord surrounds his people. So it's like we're in our own situation. We're in our own bubble, maybe. And then it's the Lord is surrounding us. One of the Psalms talks about how God's angels encamp around those who fear him. He's surrounding you. You are safe within that protection. The shaking might be going on outside there, but you are protected. Like the Lord is my shepherd, right? He's looking after us with his rod and his staff. We are surrounded by God's protection. That's a wonderful thing to meditate on and pray about. Being surrounded keeps us safe. I'm reminded of a situation that happened many years ago when Penny and I lived in Manchester. Some of you know we had the privilege of, of being part of the Manchester church for about five years and in a leadership role there. And one, one day we had a meeting for leaders in the church, and I was with the men in one location, and Penny was with the women in another, in a place called Platts Chapel, which I don't Danny might know. I don't know if you ever visited that when you, moved, when you came to Manchester over from, uh, from Leeds. Um, but we had this meeting in Platts Chapel, and, and the men were meeting in, uh, in some other place, and we got a phone call uh, during the meeting, and it was from one of the women and said that, that uh, they were being attacked. So we all jumped in our cars and drove over there, and by then it was all over. But what had happened was there was a chap who had decided to take against the church. His girlfriend had become a Christian and uh and or his ex-girlfriend and he was very upset and he came to that meeting and confronted the women uh very angrily about all this and so penny being the person of courage that she is she um the, the women were sitting in a sort of i think in like a circle or a semicircle she stood up and confronted the chap and said you need to leave and he was having a real go at her and she said you need to leave and the other women were behind her and then he slapped her he slapped Penny so hard, it knocked her off her feet. She fell backwards into the, the group of women. It was um, one of those just horrible situations. And it was terrible. Nothing really good about that. But what was beautiful, just for a moment, was as Penny fell back and the women sort of caught her and, and kept her, the women then all stood up and stood round Penny in a circle. And they stood around her, protecting her from this chap. And when he saw that that was it, he left. He ran away. In some ways, perhaps lucky for him that he ran away before me and the other guys got there. It's, 
don't quite what to say about all this. It was really an awful experience for Penny. But I was so proud of her and of the women, the other women who stood up to surround her. This was a big bloke. He worked out. He could have done a lot of damage. They surrounded her. You know, we would do that, wouldn't we, for the people we care about. We would stand up to protect. We would surround those who really need our, our help and protection. We would do that for our family. We would do that for our friends. Jesus, God does it for us. And his power means that nothing ultimately harmful can get through to you and I. Nothing that this world has to offer or the forces of evil have to uh, have at their disposal can destroy your spirit. Your spirit can be strong, even though your flesh may be weak, even though the circumstances around you may be shaking, you can be safe, you can be strong, you can be with your shepherd, you can be with your good father, and you can be with the one who surrounds you. That's something to pray about this week. Maybe to go out and pray and meditate, and prayerfully meditate on this idea, on this truth that God surrounds his people. What a beautiful thing this is. So three things mean that we can trust God and ways in which we can trust God. Firstly, we trust God because he answers prayer sooner or later. Secondly, we trust God because these things are passing and they're achieving something good for us. They're temporary. Evil has a sell-by date. And we trust God because of his permanent and powerful presence with us. We are the mountain Christians. We are the ones surrounded on that mountain by God. Hebrews 12, to finish off, verse 28 to 29. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. The mountain of Zion could not be shaken, and we have a kingdom. The equivalent now for us is the kingdom. The kingdom cannot be shaken. And you and I, if we're part of that kingdom, we cannot be shaken. We may feel a bit shaken. The things around us for sure are shaken. But because we know that God answers prayer, because we know that these things are passing, and because we know we have God's powerful presence with us all the time, you and I can make it through this. We can make it through COVID-19. We can make it through health challenges. We can make it through financial challenges. We can make it through emotional, mental health challenges. We can make it through through um, confusion challenges. We can make it through faith struggles. We can make it through doubts. We can make it through, through any issue. Whatever's the top one, two, or three things that are making you anxious and worried and fearful right now, you can come at those things with faith because you know that you have a God you can trust. Those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, which cannot be shaken, but endures forever. Let's pray together. 